Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. Today, I'm really, really excited to introduce you all to somebody I consider a friend. She's also a client. Um, Georgia Marianne Freshwater Blizzard. Hi, Georgia. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm really excited to talk to you, to be honest. I can't wait to get stuck in and like get deeper than we've ever got before. I know. So for context listeners, Georgia is part of the Career Clubhouse membership and it means that I've coached her several times. I've been in the room when she's been coached. We've experienced workshops together. So we've gotten all up in each other's business, but not quite in the way that we were on this episode. So I I kind of uh, basically said to her, I'm looking forward to just finding out all the other parts of you. (laughs) So prepare for an exploratory interview, everybody. (laughs) Um, But before I I get too excited and jump into that, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners today? Yeah. uh, So my name's Georgia. As Jazz pointed out, my name is extraordinarily long. So I usually just say Georgia or G. Um, I consider myself a storyteller, a creator, curator, and uh, I'm the founder of Making a Fuss, which is a a business set up to facilitate unapologetic stories for my fellow creatives. So teaching them to tell their own stories with value and be able to do that confidently and unapologetically. I also work in digital marketing and PR um, right now for a big interiors company, which is another big love of mine. All of it's just very creative. Have you always been creative? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Yeah, I've been I've been storytelling in some way or another, whether that's poetry. When I was little, I was obsessed. Mm -hmm. I had sketchbooks full of poetry and I would go through the um, recycling bin and take everything out and glue it all together and see what I could make. Uh, so yeah, it's always been there. Oh my goodness. You're one of those children where they say, right. So for this project, we want you to create something 3d and you're just like, yes, I've been waiting. (laughs) Everyone else is like, can't I just color something in now? What? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Everything always ends up being kind of, okay. So how can I make this with my hands? Mm. And I guess I, I can't help but connect that to your business so it's called making a fuss how did that name come about um so (laughs) that's funny because I was really struggling with what to name it because nothing felt right all of the all of the like typical ways to name a business like choose the keywords so that people know what kind of business you're doing (laughs) use the jargon, kind of use how it, descriptive words to show how it makes people feel. And I just kept thinking of the phrase, 
facilitating unapologetic stories over and over again, because that's the thing that felt truest to what Mm. I was wanting to do. And then I don't know how it happened, but I just wrote it shorthand as F-U-S. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, fuss, fuss, yeah. And then uh, my partner went, yeah, you're always making a fuss. And I just went, (laughs) oh, okay, there we go. approval. That's it, making a fuss. Because that's what I believe that people shouldn't be afraid to do. Mm. Like taking up space, as you always say, like it's so important that we can take up space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love, love, love that. And so where did your journey, I guess, begin? Did you always know that you wanted to go into a creative field? And I ask this because I speak to so many people that have always been creative, but they've had a separate passion for almost like the yin to the yang in terms of a career where it's just like I am super creative but I've got passion for biomedical sciences like (laughs) what was that like for you when it came to picking a a career path oh god okay well um another reason why I've set up the business in the way that I have is because I am a strong believer that the education system has a lot of flaws And um, one of those flaws is that we're picked. We have to pick what we want to do for the rest of our lives Mm. really soon. And it's not what we want to do for the rest of our lives necessarily, but we're made to believe that this is choosing the path you're going to go on now. Um, And alongside that, it kind of is stripping away some of that individuality that we're, that we're born with Mm. and kind of funneling us down. Um, so I've kind of always, always struggled with, with working out what I want to do. I've never been one of those kids that was, when I grow up, I want to be a firefighter. When I grow up, I mean, I think I had like a couple of weeks where I wanted to be a prima ballerina um, mm. until I was told by my teacher that I was too tall. Okay. Yeah, weird, right? Wow. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I've just, I've always been very logical and very creative. And those two things don't go together naturally when you're in school. Mm. You kind of have to go, okay, I'm going to do my business and my maths and my economics. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's my auntie side. Right. My creative right. side. I, I, I lent on the creative side. I was like English, drama, sociology, textiles, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That oh, you did it. textiles? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> um, so when I was at school, yeah. So I did every creative subject that I could possibly do. But I was also, I I wasn't necessarily getting A stars in those. Like I was good at stats and English and Mm. um, the things that were considered academic. Uh, And I say that with air quotes around it because there's this whole whole divide between... uh, things that are considered academic and things that are considered 
a waste of a degree, but we can get into that a bit later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of only recently been able to be at peace with the fact that I can take all these individual things and make something great and that's unique to me rather than having to, to choose. Mm. It's one of those things where I almost like, first of all, I agree with you. The pressure to choose is ridiculous. I was always one of those people and children who at any given time I could tell you what I wanted to be, but guaranteed that would change. (laughs) Same as an adult, right? I've been a customer success manager for what, nearly five years. That is the longest I think I've kept a job title outside of, you know, your student years where you're a retail assistant everywhere. Um, Or for me, waitress. Um, But I think it is so huge. And when I think about careers like, like digital marketing, storytelling, branding, things like that, I think they are quite interesting. And it's not, they're, they're not new. Like marketing's always been around, but once it goes onto the digital space, like I literally talk to my marketing colleagues at work and we just nerd out around metrics and yes. analytics mm-hmm. <laughs> that sit at the back end of the snazzy copy and UI and all of that stuff. And it almost kind of gives you that blend of both where arguably to be a really good marketeer in this day and age, you need to understand the data. You need to look at, you know, you need to know what it means to sort of replicate stuff. You need to be able to diagnose what could be tweaked and iterated, mm-hmm. but you also need to be leading the charge in terms of innovation and brainstorming campaign, but you need to be part of that conversation as well. Um, And, and I love that because it's one of those roles that is sort of blowing up the myth that you have to choose. Like if you're logical, then you should just be a logical human doing logical things in every area of your life. And that creative stuff, you should leave that for your weekends. Um, So I think it's huge. And I think to a certain extent, it makes me wonder if we were to fast forward, say, 10 years where the children who have experienced basically a year of homeschooling, mm. where they will be in terms of their careers, um, most especially the early years, like not necessarily when you kind of, you know, because I know it was super disruptive for those that were sitting GCSEs and A-levels and stuff. But I think for the younger children um, who are, you know, those latter years of primary school where your identity sort of being shaped and like, yeah. what does that feel like to have your parents? Yes, do some online learning, but having those days where, you know, if you are lucky again, I understand this, this, this is definitely a privilege to be able to be a parent to say, right. So two days a week, what we do is we go out and about and we do, you know, trails or, you know, we do like in the moment things we, we bake, we cook, we learn about nutrition. We learn about, um, I don't know. We just learn about sociology. We learn about, just learn about life in a different way because we understand that there's only so much that you can sit at a screen and and inhale algebra and times tables. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, it's going to be really, really beautiful to see how that evolves. But then there's kind of like the other side as well, where Mm. you have a whole, a whole section of children that are, being separated from their ability to 
to learn how to socialize with their mm. their peers and kind of how to interact with a couple of people that are a little bit younger a little bit older and how they fit into society is mm. that's just blows my mind yeah it's that part a hundred percent it's gonna be it's gonna be a time for support of young people overall um not that any of us could could have prepared for this, but this is oh, this is beyond the wildest imagination of most people. So, <laughs> um, yeah, moral of the story: reach out to the young peeps in your life and the parents, and see how you can lend a hand. Because you'd be surprised. Sometimes you actually can. Yeah. Um, so, ah, so what did you end up studying then? Like, what was your specific path? Because I'm feeling the rebel within you, but I want to know. <laughs> Did you live your most rebellious dreams or did you conform at some point and allow them to squeeze you into the funnel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, uh, I don't think I would, I don't think I would be able to conform even if I knew how to, <laughs> honestly. Um, I think, I don't, <laughs> I think I've always, I always um, know where what, what I want to do next even if the further future feels a bit fuzzy mm. if I want to do something then I just kind of get on with it I guess uh so for example uh, after I finished getting my GCSEs at 16 mm. I had to choose where to go for the next bit of education and um there was one college that was seen in society as being better because they basically got the A stars out of their students no matter Mm. how or or what happened to them after that Um, and that was also close to my secondary school where my friends were going and then there was another one that was closer to my house and would let me take more than one art subject and that was a no-brainer for me (laughs) if you're going to restrict like how many art subjects I can do then nah that's not for me (laughs) so uh, I ended up doing three creative A-levels which was a lot like I wouldn't recommend it to people that are just kind of doing it because they think it's going to be easy but yeah no in my head I'm just thinking a lot of coursework like (laughs) there's always something for you to be doing like at least with the more uh I'm just going to call them linear like linear quote-unquote air quotes academic topics you kind of yes you get the coursework but it's usually gearing towards one huge moment of a exam hall of some kind Mm. so you can kind of get away with winging it and then cramming whereas every creative subject that I know it's that continuous improvement yeah yeah absolutely and I feel like I made um I didn't realize it before I got there but I made an amazing choice because I ended up in a art facility where all of the lecturers were so passionate, not about just about their own subjects, but about passing on their knowledge. Mm. And that's something that's so rare. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And then from there, I went off to art school and got a degree in textile design. Yeah, I learned how to weave fabric 
um, which usually I have to explain to people when I, <laughs> when I, when I meet them because I say I weave and they're like, oh, so you're a hairdresser. No, <laughs> no. She is not talking about bundles here, people. Okay. Oh my gosh. But what was that like? Because I like, I have, I have so many pictures and none for certain in my head when you say textile design and learning to weave. Mm, yeah. Uh, so well, I, I went to art school knowing that I wanted to be creative. I chose mm. textiles because I had got the best grade in textiles and I knew I could make stuff with my hands. Mm. And that was really important. And then when I got there, I realized that the, the print design life wasn't for me and I didn't want anything to do with fashion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sat down at a loom which is like a big wooden structure with um, pedals by your feet that you use to control uh, the different yarns going up and down and then you kind of make the fabric by throwing yarn backwards and forwards and trapping it kind of together so that I'm going to find a YouTube video to put in these show notes because in my mind I'm thinking of um, a very old school film of the life of Moses and when he meets his wife she's she's on the loom she's she's putting something together, <laughs> she's putting something together. <laughs> but I know that that's a very abstract reference not everybody is watching a very very old I think it came out in like the 70s or 60s that this Moses film but um, yeah. and some of you may be thinking of like Sleeping Beauty um there aren't many um, popular culture references to weaving. Yeah, I'll give, so I'll we'll give you that. everybody a YouTube link in the show notes <laughs> so that you can visualise. But please, I digress. Please continue. You went to the loom of life. Yes, the loom of life. Um, and I had a uh, lecturer. Shout out to Leslie. Absolute babe. Love her to pieces. Um, who again really 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 passionate and just loved everything about it and believed in you mm. no matter where you were like what level you were at she could see that you that you wanted to be there and mm. she would like foster anything that was inside of you basically um so yeah uh, we had a very small weave family of about seven of us um it was, we as weavers spent basically all of our time at university because we had to be there. We had to be on the machines mm. in this room, the seven of us. Uh, bonds were made. <laughs> Friendships grew. Um, mm. And it was just a really nice, really, really nice uh, experience to be able to be allowed to be a hundred percent creative and focused on making something mm. that was beautiful or that was technically usable because mm -hmm. I mean, it, I went to art school, but I studied woven textiles, which is very much focused on design because mm -hmm. it's such a technical product. 
So I got to use my logic, which mm -hmm. is um, another reason why I think I was drawn so much to it because it's very maths heavy. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, like you have to, you have to count everything out to the T, otherwise it all goes pear shaped very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh! Wow. So just putting all those skills together, so. Yeah, you took the rebellious path for sure. You were like several art subjects, you say? Yeah. <laughs> Where can I sign up? Yeah. That is so, so, so cool. And I guess the question that I ask now is, are you still weaving? Cool. That is, <laughs> that is a question. Um, so I, over the last few years, have had... Oh, I've had an internal struggle because I love it so much, but it takes a lot of time. Mm. It, um, uh, the patience that I fostered while learning to weave has set me up for, for a lifetime <laughs> of uh, happiness because I can just wait forever and <laughs> yeah, take things as they come. But um so right at this moment, where are we? Early 2021, mm -hmm. I am not weaving. However, I am weaving in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm weaving a future where I have time. I'm going to carve out the time and... Um, be able to do it for fun, but also kind of set it up in a way that I am not hoarding. <laughs> because the, the thing is, right, it takes up a lot of space weaving. Yeah. I would have to have a whole dining table just set up for for my loom. And you just have to leave it there until the piece is done. So that is no dinner parties. Yep. It's not yep. happening. Yeah. Then you've got all the boxes of yarn, um, which... Uh, my parents are kindly looking after for me. <laughs> well, Love parents. Parents are very helpful. Yeah. Well, I live in this tiny London apartment. Um, and yeah, there's weaving in my future. There's weaving in my soul still. Um, and I think I have, I, I relate my storytelling so much with my weaving because to me they're one in the same even though one is with words and imagery and feelings and the other is with something so tactile like yarn it's the same to me yeah I don't know how to describe it other than that it's just I, I feel the sense of fulfillment in the mm. same way yeah and thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like the way you illustrated Loom, the fact that we're going to have the video in the show notes, it's it's not sounding as abstract as you probably think it sounds coming out of your mouth because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm imagining that. Um, wow. Wow. What, what advice would you have for, I guess, any rebels that relate to your journey and your perspective and experience of, of education? Um, and this is not me inviting you to corrupt the next generation of youth. Um, so answer this however you want to. But 
you know, how did you survive the... Yeah, how did you stay true to your inner rebel, really, and yeah. make the best decisions for you, even at what is still very much a young age to make those choices, right? Where yeah. we're 15, 16, probably even before that, right? We start thinking about college courses before we pick our GCSEs because we're like, well, will that one line up to that one and that one to that right. one? So we're literally like prepubescent teens planning out our entire life or at least the first couple of steps of it mm. what advice would you have for somebody listening who's maybe in that age group and feels much like you did where it was like mm, I don't want you to define me thanks yeah okay well I can kind of answer that in two ways uh the first being the things that I realized that I got right mm. um which were following my heart no matter what, like just going with the things that you love because it's going to be so much harder if you go with what you think makes you money or what you think other people will be happy if you do. And then 10 years later, you do a whole career change to do the thing that you loved originally. Just, just you know, go with your heart. And even if it feels difficult sometimes, it will all come together at the end. You just, mm. you, you don't know how it's going to come together. You don't have that, that crystal ball to tell you, you know. Um, another thing I did right was uh, not being swayed by where my friends were going and what they were doing. Because true friends will be there for you 10 years after, even if you didn't go to the same college. Mm. Mm. Plus one on that one, people. <laughs> Plus one, a whole university. People, people can leave countries, okay? Right. If they're meant to stick around and you're meant to keep that bond, you'll keep it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have some, some friends still from when I was... 14 and I have some friends from when I was in uni and mm. there are some people that I've lost touch with and that's absolutely fine because the ones that are still around uh have been on that journey with me yeah even if it was felt from a distance you always got to keep some people around you who knew you when you can pull up the embarrassing stories of <laughs> all of the key life moments yeah do you know what I mean and they they know who like your siblings are <laughs> and, and and how old they all are and they've maybe met a couple of aunties and uncles might even met nan like <laughs> yeah having having those friends that kind of travel life with you for a, a longer stretch for sure mm. and I guess that brings me on to right now like what's your career teaching you in this moment it's teaching me that all of those decisions that I made and those gut feelings that I followed, even if they didn't make sense for the following 10 years, they make sense now. I, I started helping small businesses with their social media accounts mm. when I was 15. Wow. I thought I was just doing it for fun. <laughs> I thought I was just like, yeah, okay. Oh, you're going to pay me to, to help you learn how to use Twitter cool yeah fine let's do it yeah. um and now obviously I realized that that was part of a bigger picture 
exploration wow that is so amazing so you're kind of in a a full circle moment where it's like ah it all makes sense yeah and I know there are are still things that don't make sense that will make sense in another 10 years so um yeah it's it's my career right now is is teaching me that everything has a purpose whether I know it or not and um to just be patient with that which the loom has taught you <laughs> yes. You got it. You got yeah. it in bucket loads. It's all there. Yeah. That is so amazing. So many, so many things that you said just stand out to me around just I think it's about us being bold in our careers and realizing that we can do that from a young age because all of those deci- decisions are, are shaping where we would be in the future. Mm. Um and making sure that they are genuine and um and again, like genuine doesn't mean that it won't change, but it just means that in that moment, that is, that's the next best step for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to obsess over all the outside voices, but sometimes we don't even check the inside voice. Mm. We just roll with the punches, flow downstream with everyone else and don't stop to question, okay, I know all my besties are going to this place, but they don't even do the course that I want to do. Right. Like so many people were in that that predicament and didn't have didn't didn't either get the space or give themselves the space to say wait hold on hold on hold on hold on we're not going to be together forever my life is kind of my own will the world fall apart if I go to a different college <laughs> mm, not necessarily we still live down the road from each other yeah, yeah. all of that good stuff um, you know, challenging yourself to be bold and, and figure out what it is that you want. And then once you know what you want, then going for it. And mm. I almost feel like that's part of the catch 22 of taking the time to figure out what you want is that it, it, it has an inbuilt dare. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. all right, what next? <laughs> and so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> taking those opportunities, even if they don't, if, if they feel like fun and they feel like you'd enjoy it, taking it even if it doesn't feel what you would think is relevant or other people mm. tell you is relevant yeah got to follow our intuition follow our creative muses ah <laughs> oh, oh that's been yeah just so amazing where can people connect with you find out more about making a fuss follow your journey uh, so they can follow me on Instagram at making a dot fuss or find me on the making a fuss website at making a fuss.co.uk. All right. All the links in the show notes alongside a YouTube video or two, in fact, around the loom and <laughs> textiles right don't say that this podcast does not educate you we're going to teach you something fun today something new (laughs) thank you so much for listening and being with us and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us georgia absolute joy pleasure listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse 
You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career. Thank you.